When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday evening where I am at in Pittsburgh, PA. It's 70 degrees or thereabouts, and on November 4th, as I'm doing this podcast, and that's kind of scary because what's uh, November 7th going to be like, or 10th, or 12th, or whatever? Is it going to be 20 degrees? Who knows? But as I always say, I hope it's Pleasant wherever you are in Steeler Nation, whether you're watching me live right now or listening to me at a later time. And before I continue, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including the Steelers Hangover every Monday with Brian, Anthony Davis, Shannon White, and yours truly. Tuesday, we have the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. Thursday, there's a preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave, and Brian. Friday, early earlier on Friday at 5 p.m., we have the Touchdown Under Show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison from Australia. Over the weekend, we have State of the Steelers with Daniel J. We have run, we run the North with with uh, Kevin Tate and his friends, and they discuss all things AFC North related, Pittsburgh's enemies in the division. And uh, what else we have? I think that's it for the live shows. Of course, we have anytime there's breaking news, we have that for you uh, live podcast. And of course, you can always catch, excuse me, 
uh, all of our live shows also on Facebook. And you can catch our live shows in audio form after the fact anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find Behind the Snow Curtains podcast family. So please check that out and check out the audio only podcast that we provide for you every week, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. We have The War Room with Maddie Peverall. We have From the Cutting Room Floor with, with Jeffrey Benedict. We have What You're Talking About with Kyle Kreiss. We have Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We have Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, there's one. There's one I always forget. It. Here we go, Steelers show. That's the that's the preview. That's the pregame show, and that's with Brian and and uh, Kevin Smith, KT Smith, uh, he, who who brings great expertise in the X's and O's department. And that's a, an actual live show, I believe. It's a live show. So check that out. Check all those shows out. And check out Behind the Snow Curtain, the website. We're bringing news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. You will not be sorry. So please check us out. And let's check out, speaking of checking stuff out, let's check out the live chat. Let's see who we have in, in the crew tonight. We have... George Teston, who was first in, in, in the room. Welcome, George. Jared Devil, who's always a strong contender for that title. We have Stacy Lynn, who says, hi, Tony. We have Kathy Ford, who says, who says uh, hello, Tony. Brian Brown, always, uh, always a regular. Takaharu, who says, Tony, do you buy the theory that the Steelers are, are tanking and they're just not saying it? Well, I'll get into, I'll get into that. Sherry Richards, who says, hey, Tony, what's up? Jim McGowan, who said, from Facebook, he says, hello. All right. So we got a good crew in here tonight. We're ready to talk some football. And, of course, um, before I get into anything that happened during the week, we have to do a small review of last Sunday's game against the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. Wasn't much of a game, was it? It wasn't much of a game. It looked like it might be early on. After the Eagles went up seven nothing, and then Pittsburgh went on that long drive to follow that, follow that up, and tied the score on a little fourth down uh, receiver option pass from Chase Claypool to Derek Watt. But as has become a familiar sight for your Steelers defense, a quote unquote elite defense in 2022, they allowed the Eagles to march right back down the field and, make, and take a 14-7 lead. And that was all she wrote pretty much in the Eagles kind of flew away. No pun intended. And uh, the final score was 35, 13 and Pittsburgh dropped to two and six. And uh, they go, I, I don't even say limping into the buy more like they go into the buy in a coma in hibernation. However you want to say it. It's a, uh, it's a very bad team right now. Things aren't going well. And um you know, obviously, it starts with the offense. That's that's the popular uh, scapegoat, Matt Canada, being the face of that offense, and he's the, I guess, really the the, the poster child for. <laughs> I used uh, two uh, two cliches here: the scapegoat and the, and the poster child. But but uh, they're both Matt Canada. You know, people were were clamoring for him to to be fired this week at the bye. Um, and Mike Tomlin announced during the week at his press conference that that wasn't going to happen. 
He said that with one word, no, when asked about it, when pressed about it by the, by the media. Were any of the changes on offense? Because Tomlin did hint to making some changes on offense that he was open to anything. And when asked, when pressed about whether or not that meant firing Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator, he said emphatically, no. And then shut it down, and that was it. And, of course, that sent the media into a tizzy, the fans into a tizzy. And, you know, of course, they were already into a tizzy before then because they've been wanting Canada to be fired for quite some time. I think since about five minutes after he took the job in 2021, really, if we're being honest, or at least five minutes after that Bills game started in week one of uh, 2021, they've wanted Matt Canada fired, but uh, he's still here. He's going to be here the rest of the year by all accounts. If they don't fire him now, they're not going to fire him before the end of the year. He's the Steelers offensive coordinator through the rest of 2022. And, we're just going to have to live with it. And it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> how much we tweet about it, how much we devote podcasts to it, how much we devote articles to it, how much the uh, quote unquote professional radio people, and I think you know who I'm talking about, uh, talk about it. Uh, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. They're not going to fire Matt Canada and Pittsburgh's just going to have to get through this year struggling on offense and hoping to see some signs of, of improvement, which seems pretty uh, almost impossible now based on how the first 25 games of Canada's run have gone. And if you really want to go back to midway through 2020 with uh, Randy Fickner in charge of the offense, it's really looked the same for about two full regular seasons. So yeah. Uh, you're you're, gonna, you're you're just gonna have to continue to to uh, to march uh, march through it to 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 march on if you're the Steelers fans and if you're the Steelers, you just have to find a way to 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 if you're the fans enjoy it and or endure it, and if you're the players, you have to find a way to to clean things up to improve, uh, to win individual battles, and uh, try to show some improvement. You know, obviously, I've been on record as saying that I don't think Matt Canada is the right man for the job anymore. But when you hear other people talk, people who know know about football, people who watch film, like, for example, Chris Hoke, who was on the Cook and Joe show on 97 The Fan on Thursday. He said, look, I've been watching film for 11 years. I, I, I know how to break down film. I know what I'm doing. Or I, I, should, he should say I, I, I played football for 11 years in the NFL. I know how to break down film. I know how to watch film. And let me tell you, there are a lot of plays that Kenny Pickett is just not, he's just not executing properly. He's missing open receivers uh, on a lot of plays. And it's not just Matt Canada. And, uh, you know, people on Twitter have, have illustrated this. People who are less professional than, than um, Chris Hogue who have less, who have no NFL experience and they've been highlighting some of the plays that Pickett has missed, you know, the wide open receivers. Um, and, you know, that, that's just, I, you know, why, why is that happening? Is it coaching or is it just the fact that he's a rookie? I'm leading towards the latter. 
He's a rookie. And these, these things happen with rookie quarterbacks more often than not. You know, it's, it's, as I've said before, it's very rare that a rookie comes in and a rookie quarterback anyway, comes in and, and takes the NFL by storm. In fact, it's almost, um, it almost never happens, you know? So when you see these, uh, these plays highlighted on Twitter, when you see people like Chris Hoke, uh, talk about them and, 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 and illustrate them when, when, when making radio appearances when, when appearing on TV with people like Bob Pompiani. Um, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope that maybe as his, as Pickett's rookie season continues to evolve, that he will uh, learn from his mistakes and, 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 and start finding these, these open receivers. Um, now, Does that mean that if, if the Steelers' offense drastically improves between now and the end of the year, that Canada should re- retain his job? I mean, I guess it all depends on how you define uh, improve. If it's if it does, if they do improve drastically on offense uh, with Pickett in there, and, and the offense is much better over the last uh, nine games, then yeah, I guess you can say you you would almost have to keep Canada, right? But if if, if things continue. As they are, then uh, yes, you're going to have to probably move on from Matt Canada. But moving on from him now, uh, I don't see where that where that really helps anybody, including Kenny Pickett. I don't see what you what you, what you would get out of firing Matt Canada when you're two and six. Um, when you you're not going to bring anybody in from the outside, you're going to promote Mike Sullivan, the quarterbacks coach who has uh, OC experience in the NFL, you're going you're gonna to promote him presumably to be the new coordinator. And all he's going to do is try to put a different spin on Matt Canada's playbook. So, you know, to me, I mean, you have a young quarterback in there and in, um, in, in Kenny Pickett, uh, you threw him in there probably much earlier than you expected in week four in the second half against the Jets. And he's just gone through the toughest part of the Steelers' schedule, really, when you think about it, on the road against the Bills, at home against the Bucks, uh, and then you know, Sunday night football against the Dolphins, which, you know, people thought they could win. I thought they could win, but, you know, that, that's a pretty good team, especially when Tua is in there, and he came back in that game after missing a few weeks with a concussion. And, of course, last week in Philadelphia, you know, the, the, the only undefeated team in the NFL. So he just went through the toughest stretch of the Steelers 2022 schedule. And he did so as a rookie, his, his first four, first uh, four starts were, were in that uh, situation. And that's just, that's not ideal for a, a rookie quarterback. <laughs> so, you know, um, you have to understand what he was facing and, and, to expect things to, to be pretty uh, through through that run, that was unrealistic, and they were far from pretty. I mean, Pickett, he looked he looked like a rookie. He looked much more like Terry Bradshaw through those four games than he looked like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, as far as when it, both of them being rookies, so you know, 
you just have to you have to keep trotting him out there and 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 you know to, to have him go through that kind of experience and then also on the other side of that all right we're, we're getting rid of your offensive boss and we're bringing somebody else in so deal with that now kenny and i, I just don't think that would that, that'd be uh, fair to him so i think you have to write it out with mad canada for this year and hope that pickett can again learn from his mistakes and improve as the year goes on and um before i lose it not lose it you know crazy wise but lose the uh lose it in in in, in the live chat uh shy manahan donated five dollars and i gotta acknowledge that and thank him I'll bring that up here. And thank you, Sean. And he says, with the Steelers' remaining schedule, they can go nine and eight. Yeah, theoretically. I mean, you know, when you're talking about teams like the Saints, Falcons, and the Panthers, of course, you know, the Browns are are uh, are no. Uh, they don't look like a contender this year. Although they did beat beat up on the uh, Bengals last time they played, so that's that was pretty interesting. Um. But, you know, that's assuming that, that Pittsburgh's even as good as teams like the Panthers and, and, the, um, and the Saints. The Saints just blew out the Raiders the other day, you know. And, and Raiders were considered the quote-unquote best bad team in the NFL this year. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope you're right, Sean. Now, that would be exciting, I guess. That probably would put them in playoff contention at the end of the year. But I'm just, to quote Dennis Miller, Pittsburgh uh, native... Uh, comedian i'm just not getting that vibe right now babe but thank you for the five bucks and i hope i hope you're right um now where was i kenny pickett yes kenny pickett you're already hearing people talk about pickett being a bust i saw i saw that being tweeted out and maybe i should never read twitter but i can't help it with what i do here i have to read twitter i have to listen to talk shows i have to read comment sections and you're already see people as 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 uh, recently as as Sunday when the game was still going on in the against the Eagles, people saying, "I'd hate to admit it, but I think the Steelers might have made a mistake with Kenny Pickett, and it might be time to consider drafting people like C.J. C, C. Stroud um, and uh, and and in in the, the 2023 NFL draft, assuming they have a top five pick, which Right now, they would be drafting fourth if things, if the season was over today. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you can, you can say that right now by Kenny Pickett. He's been, this is four games, four and a half games into his career. Four games, really, because he was knocked out with a concussion early in the second half against the Bucs. It really is four games of, of, of NFL action under his belt. And people are already saying, I told you about Kenny Pickett. I told you. Told you to reach, you know, it's like, this is, this is what, you know, I'm not surprised by it, but it, this is the kind of stuff that just frustrates me. And as you can see, if you're, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, I don't have much hair, but if I could, I'd, I'd, I'd tear it out, which would do me no good because it was, it would you know make me look even worse, but I would tear it out because, you know, when you, when you have a rookie, you should expect struggles. You shouldn't immediately uh, be calling for, the team to, to allocate more draft resources to pick another quarterback in the very next uh, draft. 
That's what bad, not bad football teams, but bad organizations do. That's what organizations that are in shambles do. And we'd like to think that the Steelers aren't quite in shambles. They might be bad on the field. They might have a bad roster. They might be in a bad patch in terms of their on-field history. But I don't think they're that kind of an organization that would give up on a guy that they drafted in the first round one year after doing so. It's just not what a, a team like the Steelers does. You have to let Kenny Pickett take his lumps. Because like I said last week, he is not, these aren't your 2004 Pittsburgh Steelers. These are your 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers who to touch on, to, 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 to circle back to something I said about five minutes ago, they're more like your 19, early 1970s pre 72 Steelers. than they are your, your, uh, your Super Bowl era, uh, uh, 2000s Steelers. That's just that's just how it is. So, you know, you have to let Pickett uh, just keep going out there and 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 figuring figuring out on the fly, you know, as he's playing and not, you know, sitting and quote unquote learning. You know, like and that's that's what what kills me about these people that 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 that. that say that you know he went in too soon maybe he went in sooner than mike tomlin wanted to put him in but when when you're a rookie quarterback you're never ready uh before you go in i don't care who you are you're not ready before you go in the only way you're going to get you're going to be ready is to go in there and, and just experience it just like anything else the quote turk from the pilot episode of scrubs you learn by doing you don't learn by sitting and you might learn a little bit, but you can, you can watch all the film in the world. You, you can, you can uh, ask for all the vice, all the advice in the world, but you're not going to know what it's like to be a quarterback at the NFL level until you get out there and start doing. It. And that includes all the mistakes that includes missing wide open receivers. That includes uh, 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 calling the wrong play. That includes not having your guy set on an important uh fourth and one uh, situation or third and whatever that was in, in, in the Miami game, you know, so it's, 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 it, it, it was never going to be uh, the, the, the thought the chance of it, of it being pretty for Kenny Pickett early on and we're, 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 we're slim. And uh, I think we're witnessing that. So that's all I want to say about, uh, about for now about Matt Canada, the offense and Kenny Pickett. And I'll touch on more of that later. But right now, I want to take a few seconds for you guys watching live, but for you at listening after the fact, uh, stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. I'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Steelers Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio, and uh, I'm glad you 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 stuck around after that commercial break to uh, to, to listen to more of my rambles, to more of my rants. And uh, before I get into more rants, let's talk about some moves the Steelers made uh, after that 35 to 13 loss to the Eagles. On Tuesday, the trade deadline in the NFL, a, a day that used to be any other Tuesday. Now it's 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 a frenzied day as as, as teams in the NFL uh, make trades just about every year now. There never used to be major trades in the NFL. Now they're commonplace, especially at the deadline. And on uh, Tuesday, Pittsburgh sent Chase Claypool the 2020 second round pick there their first pick that year because of the the trade to the Dolphins for Mika Fitzpatrick in 2019. They traded uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears in a surprise move. Not only was it a surprise that they traded Claypool, a player who still had one more year on his uh, rookie deal, but they got a second-round pick from the Bears, their second-round pick, their own second-round pick, which they're three and five right now. It figures to be a, a top-ten pick. I think I, I read today that uh, it's projected to be the 38th pick overall in 2023. So, I mean, it's, I, you know, there were rumors about Claypool being traded uh, a week or two before the uh, deadline. And I figured if they trade, if they did trade him, they might get maybe a, maybe a third, but more than likely a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, something like that. Because, you know, Claypool, you know, he had a great rookie year, but, his second year, I mean, stats-wise, receptions and yardage-wise, you know, it was similar to to what he did in 2020, but he just wasn't explo- as explosive and he wasn't as productive as, in terms of of uh, scoring touchdowns, not nearly as productive. He had 11 total touchdowns in 2020 and just two in 2021. And this year, you know, he's been, he was relatively non-existent except for that Buccaneers game when he helped them uh, uh upset the Buccaneers uh, with a, a lot of uh, important catches and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So I didn't think that, that anybody would, would, would offer much, much of anything for Claypool, but the bears did. And, and uh, you know, I guess all things considered, it was a good move for Pittsburgh because, you know, let's face it, you know, they don't have, they don't have much, uh, talent overall on this roster, I don't think, but you know, if you're, if you're looking at a, at a, at a, at a position where you could say there's, there's quality and maybe a little bit of depth, it's certainly a receiver. And, you know, you just pay Deontay Johnson, uh, what, 36 million through 2024, right. You know, you're going to, you're going to be paying him 18 million a year starting next year for the next two uh, through 2024 and you just drafted George Pickens in the second round. And uh, he looks like he's going to be their, their star receiver uh, sooner rather than later. And, you know, you have K- 
Calvin Austin, you drafted in the fourth round. You don't know about him yet if you're the Steelers or if you're the fans or anything because, you know, he didn't even play in the preseason and, you know, they, they, they never took him off the IR and now he has to stay on IR all year. So you don't know what you have in him, but you, you do know, you do know that, that, that uh, he's going to be a rookie again next year and he's a fairly high pick. Uh, Steven Sims, who has shown some potential as a, he, showed, he certainly showed a lot of potential in, in the preseason as a receiver, and he's shown uh, he's shown a lot of potential in the regular season as a, as a return guy and somewhat as a receiver. And of course, you have Gunnar Oshevsky, who's you know nobody's really excited about him, but he's another guy there that you sign to a to a deal that you know you could maybe use him uh, a little more as a receiver. And you know if you decide to move on from Claypool, so they moved on from him. And uh, they accrued a second round pick, which means if they if they continue down the this uh, losing p- uh, path, they're going to have a top five, top ten pick next year, and uh, maybe two top ten picks in the second round. So, you know, it'll give them a chance to to address some major needs on this team, uh, starting with the offensive line. And, uh, you know, I was somebody who, who, uh, was a great defender of this line, especially, you know, as far as, uh, uh, taking a wait and see approach, I should say with the, with the, with this offensive line. But now I'm starting to think that maybe Kevin Dotson just is not a, a good football player. He showed a lot of promise in 2020 his rookie year, but I mean, you know, his, his, play has declined so much over the last couple of years. It's, it's really, I mean, it's a shock to me. You know, I'm not a football expert by any stretch, but I certainly expected Dotson to be a, a, uh, a mainstay at left guard uh, after his rookie year and for him to fall so far, so uh, far from grace um, since then. And for his play to just drop off so much to me, I, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, maybe it's a, it's a bad fit. You know, we talked in the in the summer about Pittsburgh wanting to go to a more of a, a zone blocking scheme with Canada, and and now and how Dotson, you know, Shannon mentioned a lot. Dotson's more of a you know a, a road grader type of a of a of a offensive lineman, um, not as athletic as people like Hendrick Green, uh, which is you know who Pittsburgh drafted in the third round, and now he can't even get a, a helmet. I'm swore he can't even get a helmet. You know, that's, that's how well that's gone since 20, since they drafted him in 2021 and Dan Moore. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but you know, he's not improved as much as I would have liked uh, after his rookie year. Now, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, being unfair expecting him to improve so much uh, so soon. I don't know, but I was certainly, if I'm Pittsburgh and, and I'm sitting there with a top five or 10 pick next year, at this point, you would have to consider strongly uh, left tackle or, you know, uh, an offensive tackle next year. Obviously, I, don't, I think, a, a, you know, yeah, a top 10 pick would be too much, too high to spend on a, on a guard. But maybe that's what they use one of those second round picks for. And, you know, if you don't, spend either either one of those picks on a uh any of those picks on on an offensive lineman you certainly have to look at the defensive line now i mean i think that's 
that's pretty obvious. I mean, I, I like the, the Marvin Leal, and I think he showed he showed a lot of a great uh, potential. He showed a lot of potential before going on the IR. I, I don't know if he's going to be lost for the year or not. I don't even know what the injury is, but um, you're going to hopefully have him back at least by next year. But I think you still need to to address that line. You know, maybe infuse it with some some more pedigree some, you know, some, some studs, you know, that's, you know, Cam's not getting any younger Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi's been okay, I guess. Uh, but he's only on a one-year deal. And of course, Tyson Alulu is, is just, you know, he might be, he might be past his expiration date at the age of 35. So, you know, you might have to, I, I, that's where I would start if I'm them. I would start in the trenches. Now, if there's a, a stud corner, say they're drafting, you know, in the top five or 10, I, you know, I haven't really looked at the draft to be honest with you. I don't really want to, I think it's way too early to be talking draft uh, on a regular basis anyway. But when your team is two and six, it's hard to avoid it. But anyway, if there's a top five or 10 corner available uh, at this point, I would strongly consider uh, taking one, you know, people have been criticizing Pittsburgh for, for, uh, it's fail, their failure uh, to draft cornerbacks. But really, I mean, those guys are hard to find. The really top corners are hard to find outside of the top 10. And they rarely, as you know, draft in the top 10 or, or even come close to drafting in the top 10. So that might be, you know, uh, Joe Hayden was, was the 10th overall pick. Uh, I think it was in 2013. And, you know, he, you know, when they went out and signed him, he came in here and made a huge difference. Was that because they suddenly uh, figured out how to develop cornerbacks or, or find cornerbacks? Or was it because Joe Hayden just happened to be a top 10 pick that fell into their laps? You know, so uh, I, would, I would consider that too because, you know, let's be real. Kevin Witherspoon, you know, we, we talked about his, his – the book on him coming into 2022 was his inconsistency. And we certainly saw that in 2021 when – he barely played over the first half of the year. And then by the second half of the year, by the end of the year, he was their best corner. And there was hope that he, that, that, that Akela Witherspoon would, would, uh, would show up in 2022, but no, uh, he's playing more like the guy who doesn't deserve a helmet, to be honest with you. And Levi Wallace, you know, I've been disappointed in him. Uh, the free agent they signed uh, this past off season, the guy who was supposed to be the, the upgrade over Joe Hayden, who who they moved on from after last year. But again, maybe that's maybe I'm 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 wrong for for being disappointed in Wallace. Maybe I'm expecting too much from him. I mean, there, here was a guy who was an, a walk on. I'm sorry, an, I'm sorry, an undrafted free agent out of Alabama in 2018, and you know he uh, put together a good career. Uh, with the bills, but he also found himself on a really good team on a really good defense. And maybe he's more of a role player on a really good defense than somebody who can, who can, who can come to a, a, a bad team and, and um, elevate a secondary, for example. So maybe it's unfair of me to, to be down on, on Wallace, but at any rate, I certainly think the secondary specifically to cornerbacks outside of Cam Sutton, they need to be addressed 
that's another area that you have to seriously look at if you're if you're Pittsburgh going into the 2023 NFL draft. Speaking of cornerbacks, uh, in addition to, to, to trading away Chase Claypool, somebody that they drafted two years ago, they also acquired somebody they wanted to, that, that they wanted to adra- uh, draft six years ago, and that's William Jackson III, uh, who they traded a, a future late-round pick to Washington uh, for and, and, and presumably to be one of their starting corners. Now, you would think. I mean, he, he signed a three-year, $40 million deal uh, with uh, Washington. I guess it was in 2021, prior to 2021. And, um, you know, he's, he's owed around uh, just under $3 million for the rest of this year. So you're not going to pay a guy that kind of money uh, if you don't want him to come in and start. And he has started 64 games. He was drafted by the Bengals. If you remember that 2016 draft, he was linked to the Steelers in the weeks leading up to that draft. Out of Houston, he was kind of a late bloomer and somebody that that rose in in, in, in the rankings based on his, you know, his uh, pro day and things like that. And it looked like Pittsburgh was going to have, have a shot at him at, at, I guess it was pick number 25, I want to say. But but the Bengals swooped in and surprised everybody and and drafted William Jackson with the, the pick before Pittsburgh. And then, of course, Pittsburgh went out and drafted Artie Burns, who looked to be a a, uh, a fine player as a rookie, but then he just he, he regressed from there and was, ne- was never really the same after that. As far as uh, Jackson, you know, he's had an okay career. Um, but again, nothing, nothing spectacular. Uh, he never, he's never made a Pro Bowl, never made an All-Pro team. But he did manage to get Washington to pay him $40 million. So, you know, I, it goes to show you how hard it is to find really good corners. And if you can find a, a solid one, uh, you might have to pay that guy a decent amount of money. And uh, if I understood Dave Schofield's breakdown of, of uh, Jackson's salary correctly, uh, if Pittsburgh wants to keep Jackson next year, 2022 or three, they'll have to pay him 20 or 12 million. If they cut him, uh, there'll be uh, 9 million in dead cap space. So I guess this is going to be kind of a, an audition for, for Jackson to see if he can, at the age of 30, become one of their future starting cornerbacks heading into 2023. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the word on him is he's not that great in zone coverage, which why, which was why he might have struggled in Washington, which that's that's the kind of defense they like to run there. And Terrell Austin likes to run a, a bit more man, so maybe he'll uh, be at home uh, more in Pittsburgh's defense. We'll have to see what happens. But I'm anxious to see what what uh, what he does once he uh, makes his debut. So. I like both deals. Um, you know, back to Claypool, you know, it's just, it's just a shame that, that things deteriorated for him so quickly here. And maybe that's a lot of his own doing. You know, you, you, you heard rumors almost right from the beginning of his, uh, or I'm sure at the end of his rookie season that he was a, he was a diva like player and a distraction in the locker room. And those uh, things were, were being said on Tuesday after he was traded away. But I think a, a, a big part of his problem was that he just 
got caught up in the wash, so to speak, uh, with the rest of the uh, the struggles on offense that the Steelers were having. I mean, I think it's when you when when you have struggles uh, as a team. I mean, everybody it affects everybody. It's hard to stand out and 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 be a dominant player when the whole offense is struggling. So, I think that was uh, that was part of Claypool's uh, downfall here. And so maybe you know he, he can go to Wash or Chicago and and become a star and help turn Justin Fields into a star quarterback. We'll see what happens there. So good luck to Chase Claypool and good luck to uh, William Jackson III. And I just have one more topic I want to touch on before I uh, answer some questions and, and highlight some comments. And that's back to the OC. And is Matt Canada a problem for the Steelers right now? Absolutely. I'm going to swear again. Is he their biggest problem? I'm sorry, is, it, is he their only problem, though? No. Is he even their biggest problem? Again, I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I'll say maybe not. And why, why do I say that? Because right now, if you, if, if you were to listen to the fans, the talk shows, read, if, you, if, you, if you would read the, uh, the articles about the Steelers, the tweets, you would think that uh, Matt Cannon and Kenny Pickett were the only two people involved with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with, of course, Mike Tomlin serving as the the uh, the supporting uh, role right now. Although everybody wants him fired, but right now he's he's not the lead scapegoat. He's uh, he's playing the supporting role of scapegoat to to Matt Cannon and, and, and Kenny Pickett now. Um, but this defense is just god-awful. It is. And the offense is ranked 28th in, in the NFL. The offense is horrible. There's no question about it. They're averaging 15 points a game. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict uh, pointed out the other day, it's the worst that, th- that this offense has looked in since 1970. And to give you an idea of how long ago that was, I wasn't even born yet, and I'm old. Okay? So this offense is awful. But the defense is even worse, if you can believe that. It's even worse. It's ranked 29th in the NFL. 29th, including 31st against the pass. Thank you, Akilah Witherspoon, right? Um, they've given up 17 touchdowns in eight games. That's what? Uh, you know, a little over two, two, two a game. Not good. You know, last year, with T.J. Watt in the lineup, mind you, because I know people are going to say, well, T.J. Watt's not in there. That's why. Well, TJ Watt was in the lineup last year and they finished 32nd, what, 32nd against against the run. This year they're 15th. Not bad. Nice improvement. But now they decided they that they play really bad against the pass and they're 31st. So, you know, we can we can we can point to TJ Watt's absence since week one as the reason why this defense has been bad. But come on, you know, an elite defense, which people were we're saying it, this was coming into 2022. Would it miss TJ? What? Yes. Would it miss it to the point where you drop from, if you're an elite defense, you're top five. Would it drop you from a top five defense to almost the worst defense in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, there's too many pedigreed players on that side of the ball, including uh, Cam Hayward, uh, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, obviously Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, Terrell Edmonds has turned himself into a really solid player. Uh, uh, Miles Jack, right? There's too much talent on that side of the ball 
to where you know you're you you it should fall off that much without without TJ Watt. And plus, you have the, the supposedly you have three great defensive minds coaching these guys, and Mike Tomlin, uh, Terrell Austin, and, and and of course Brian Flores. So to me, why why the offense is getting so much of the of the of the of the blame? I get why you're blaming the offense, but why is it the only thing you're blaming? Why aren't why aren't more people calling out this defense? Because this defense is horrible. And if I had to put a percentage on what was more disappointing, uh, based on what you're paying these guys, the most in the NFL, and 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 what you expected of them coming into the year, I would say it's 55-45 in favor of the defense in terms of who's more to blame. This defense is terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's getting pushed around every week, and and they haven't had a takeaway in three games. They haven't had, had a takeaway in three games. Three games. An elite defense never goes three games without without a, a takeaway. As I pointed out before, they've had eight, they had seven sacks in week one with Watt in there. They've had eight since. They had five takeaways in week one. They've had five since. That's not a good defense. That's actually that's a bad defense. And in the early 2010s, after that Super Bowl defense got got, got old and guys started to retire and, and, and get cut, I would argue with people all the time that this defense wasn't the same anymore because they weren't sacking the quarterback and they weren't taking the football away. And people would argue with me and say, "Hey, how can you say that? They're ranked number one in yards. They always stop the run." And you know they had a compelling argument because it was right there on you know you know Pro Football Reference. You, you can't deny what you see in front of you. They were a number one ranked defense. Well, now you don't even have that argument because they're ranked 29th. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a horrible defense and they deserve just as much blame as the offense, if not more, you know? So it's just, I, you know, I, again, like this, this, I hate to use the word exhausting because I, I'm not really exhausted. And it annoys me when people say, Oh, I'm exhausted by this kind of, talk or that kind of talk or i can't handle all these mock drafts you know people say that kind of stuff in the offseason which is you're really not true but it is rather annoying to turn on the radio to to, to go on twitter to go on behind the store curtain and and all you ever see are two words matt canada uh all you ever see anybody talk about is when when is matt canada gonna get fired has he been fired yet you know and people posting stats people sending me text of stats i get it the offense is bad but to, to, to circle back to what I said earlier in the show, what do you think is going to happen if they fire Matt Canada right now? Not a whole lot. Do you think they're going to, they're going to, you know, Sean Manahan, you know, uh, was showing some optimism earlier based on, on the schedule uh, that they might be able to turn things around, but they're probably not going to be able to turn things around, at least not that drastically. So, you know, as we keep saying every week, this team is not one move away from, from turning things around. There's a lot of work that needs to be done to turn this ship around. And I said ship with a P in case, uh, in case uh, Brian's uh, uh, editing this later and he thought I swore. Turn this ship with a P around. Okay, so ah, anyway, that's enough ranting for tonight. Now I will highlight some comments and questions and Thank you for letting me rant. And I, I see I, I made somebody angry because I see the the angry emoji up there, which I think I get one of those every show. Same on the hangover. So so I keep that streak alive. 
This is one from Javier Javier More, who who uh, echoes uh, Sean's uh, sentiments, and he says, "I see wins against the Raiders and Carolina." Oh, wait a minute, no, he doesn't echo. See, I spoke too soon. I see wins against the Raiders and Carolina, but but they'll probably be underdogs in every game except Raiders. Four and thirteen is actually in play. Yikes! That's the way it looks right now. And this one from Sean Manhan again, who, who uh, follows up on what he said earlier. The rest of the schedule isn't that tough compared to the gauntlet Pittsburgh just went through. That is true. I think somebody, uh, one of the commenters on Behind the Curtain pointed this out the other day. Uh, they had the toughest schedule over the first eight weeks of the season. And over the next nine weeks, they're, it's going to be, It's right now it's it's the 20th toughest schedule. So, you know, maybe maybe they'll they'll pull some more wins out. But the question is this, and, 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 you know, did, did, would it be in their best interest to, to finish nine and eight or eight, and nine or seven and 10 and, and, um, and, and maybe barely make the playoffs or, or barely miss the playoffs or would it be in their best interest overall to, to finish five and 12 or four and 13 and, and get a higher draft pick and, and, and try to address some major needs on this roster I don't know. I mean, not that they would try to do that. You know, I want to emphasize that they're not, they're, they're not trying to tank. You know, people always say, Oh, they're, you know, like, like Brian said on Monday, Oh, you know, they have too much pride to tank their job. Their, their, their jobs are on the line. They would never try. Nobody tries to tank. And, and, and I think most coaches don't purposely try to tank, at least not in, in the NFL, but they might not have the, the material to do anything but tank, you know? So I think that's, when people say when they, when they hear the word tank, they, they think you're you're losing on purpose, but they just might not have the team capable of winning more than four or five games. That just might be the reality that they're facing right now. But um, you know, I was very upset in 2003 when they lost that the last game of the year. They were already eliminated from the playoffs. They were six and nine Sunday night football. They lost in overtime to the Ravens, who were who had really nothing to play for. They already had the division wrapped up. And yet, you know, they, they, they beat Pittsburgh and I was so mad. And, but because Pittsburgh lost that game, it put them in, in position to draft Ben Roethlisberger. And I think we all can agree that that turned out okay. So <laughs> you never know. I mean, you might have to endure a bad year, but it might lead to something greater at the end. And Sherry Richards says about what I said earlier about, about uh, um, Kenny Pickett missing wide open receivers. Can't disagree with Chris Hoke on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard, more than, more than Chris Hoke say that, uh, that, you know, they're, you know, the players are there to be made. If you, if you watch live or if you watch the all 22 film, which I never do, but if you watch that, you see guys are open occasionally and he's just not seeing them, but that goes hand in hand with being a rookie. And now it's going to be interesting to see if, if he learns from that, you know, if he studies the film, if he sits there, you know, he seems like he's somebody who's really determined to, to, to get better. Well, that involves obviously film study and practice. And, and, uh, you know, when you're in that same situation again, well, last time, you know, when I, when I saw the film on this play, this guy was open. I didn't even look that way. Well, maybe he'll look that way now and that guy will be open and he'll, he'll hit him. I mean, it, it's, it's the toughest position in sports to master and to expect anybody to do it in four games. It's just unrealistic. And this is from Steeler Chick 46, who says, this team lacks the Steeler attitude, grind it out, have a chip on their shoulder. Sally, that is not there. Well, I mean, I mean, attitude is great and, and having the chip and everything. 
that all is romanticized, I think, especially when a team is good. But, you know, when a team's bad, you can have all the chips on, in the world on your shoulder. It's, pr it's probably not going to help, um, you know. But certainly discipline's lacking. When you see uh, the, the mistakes they continue to make on these RPO plays, uh, I've never seen so many so many uh, ineligible men downfield uh, penalties against the, the linemen as I've seen this year. It's, it's, it's almost like it's frustrating to – to watch and, and of course holding and and things like that and uh illegal formation and that's just on the offense you know so it but you know then again you know when, when you're talking about discipline does that also have to do with with uh, being a talented person you know because a talented player i should say because you know how often the to really the really good players make mistakes make uh, uh pre-snap mistakes you don't really see that very often right uh, so maybe being a great player is more than just having talent. Maybe there's, you know, it's about being disciplined. It's about, it's about uh, uh, having those kind of intangibles, you know, so I don't know, but yeah. Uh, you know, when, when, when you're, when you're two and six, you know, the attitude's not going to look good. The chip's not going to look like it's going to be there because the other team has a chip on their shoulder because they're beating the crap out of your team. Just ask the Eagles and the Bills. This is another from Sean. With getting healthy, I see Pittsburgh beating the Saints, Bengals, Falcons, and Panthers at least, maybe beating the, the, the Ravens, once beating Cleveland end of year, and beating Raiders. Wow, that's I mean, if that all happens, to me that, that tells me that, that Kenny Pickett's uh playing a lot better. And to me, that would bode well for next year. You know, to me that like I keep saying, the most important thing to come out of 2022 is is Kenny Pickett's development. Not that he's gonna be all the, all the way there by the end of the year, but if he can if he can be drastically better by the end of the year than he is right now, uh, to me that's that's paramount. George Teston says, "Will be interesting to see how Claypool pans out in Chicago." Yeah, I mean, I, here's somebody who looked like to me he was going to be the next DK Metcalf in his rookie year, and really we haven't seen much of of anything from him since then. But then again, you know, maybe it's just a matter of, of uh, them not, not having a, a you know, f f the offense being bad. Number one, number two, him not having a place in the offense, because, you know, I've, I've defended Pittsburgh's draft strategy, uh, but you know, maybe it's kind of silly to draft a, a receiver in a second and third round every year. You know, maybe it's, that's just plain old silly to do that. And, you know, they've been doing that. For, for years and maybe it's time they stop doing that maybe it's time not not that they shouldn't do it if they need to do it but maybe the whole all right draft the best player available thing no maybe not maybe draft uh to need as long as it's not a major reach so i don't know but yeah it's going to be interesting to see if if uh he becomes a star there if he if he becomes their number one guy because remember he almost went to green bay i mean he was rumored to go to green bay with aaron Rodgers. And, you know, they had nothing there at receiver uh, since Devontae Adams left. So, you know, if Claypool can find a, 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 um, a, a home and, 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 and find somebody that can utilize his tools, he might be a star. He really might be a star. I mean, I was convinced of that after his rookie year. And, again, I don't know how to evaluate any of these guys 
right now because the offense has just been so bad for two years. And that includes Najee Harris, even Pat Fryermuth. And, and, and I mean, we're all bullish on, on uh, George Pickens right now, but you know, I mean, who knows uh, what happens to him in, with a few more games in this offense. So we'll have to see, but yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be keeping my eye on, on uh, Chase Claypool uh, over, over the next year or so. Mark Tobin. Welcome, Mark. Kenny is just a rookie, and to be honest, I'm shocked they didn't use Mason after Mitch. Well, I, yeah. Well, I mean, you remember that? You remember the uh, right before the start of the season there, uh, uh, Mark? How how crazy everybody went when the that quote unquote clerical error occurred when they when they released the uh, the the first uh, death chart and and they had Rudolph second and and Pickett third. People went nuts. And then they elevated Pickett to number two, but I mean it, it kind of made sense at the time, um, because of uh, I I wasn't really thinking of this in the moment, but people as people explained it, well they were similar quarterbacks as far as athleticism, meaning uh, Trubisky and, and and Pickett, so maybe it's, it made sense that that uh, Pickett was the number two, but uh, you know. I didn't expect uh, Tomlin to, to to put Pickett in so soon. Um, to me, my 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 feeling on 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 uh, on somebody like Pickett or any rookie quarterback that you bring in, if you're not going to start him right away, if you have no plans on starting him right away, then you have to be very careful when you put him in. You know, um, not that he has to be ready, but if you put him in too early, then you have to leave him in there. You can't yank him in. And- I'm sorry, you just can't do that. So that, that's always been my theory. Either you throw him in there right away, starting in week one, since he's your future anyway, and you let him take his lumps, or if you're going to hold him out you know, and let a veteran uh, start for you, then let that veteran play as long as, uh, as, as, long as, as uh, he can. And then, then you strategically put your rookie in and then let him take it from there. But Tomlin, I think he panicked a little bit because I think he wanted to beat the Jets in week four. And, you know, he didn't want to fall to one and three. He even said it, you know, I wanted to provide a spark, whatever. Uh, but, you know, uh, he has that mentality, like a lot of the fans and, and the organization itself is, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to to um, to win games and, and, and to stay in, the, in contention and, 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 and to make the dance at the end of the year. And I think that's that's Tomlin's mentality. It's and you know as probably it should be, but when you have a quarterback that you draft in the first round, you have to treat that very delicately. And he might have erred a bit uh, by uh, putting Pickett in. And again, it's not because uh, you know he's making too many mistakes or he's just not ready or he looks overwhelmed. It's because now you you have to stick with him. And now people are going to be, you know, be up in arms the rest of the year because the offense might continue to struggle with him in there making mistakes, and 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 you're not doing anything but keeping him in there every week. But that, unfortunately, is the right move now is to keep sending Pickett out there. It's just that, you know, maybe he should have waited a little bit longer. So, and here's one from Javier More, and I, I like this because Jeff kind of. Pointed us out the other day in, in, in the in the uh, article. Um, he said we're, we're all looking at Bears games now. Uh, yeah, as Jeff said in the article the other day, 
We're all Bears fans because we want the Bears to lose as many games as possible because that gives Pittsburgh heck. If they lose, if they lose enough games, Pittsburgh might have three quasi first round picks if both teams lose enough games this year. So, all right, it's uh, it's almost an hour into the show, so I think it's time for me to mosey on out. I think it was a fine show. I hope you guys all enjoy, enjoyed uh, the content I gave you tonight. Uh, please kept, keep check, checking back to Behind Us the Curtain, the website this weekend and throughout the week. Keep checking back to the podcasting channels uh, for more content. We're going to keep bringing you content. It might be a buy. They're on a buy this week, but we're going to keep bringing you Steeler news, Steeler content, Steeler's opinions, and you will enjoy it. Uh and you know it might be a bad year, at least right now, but it's also an intriguing year. It's it's a it's it's a fun year in a way because because uh, you know it, it's rare to have to see them play this way and have these kind of problems. And it's going to be interesting interesting to see how they dig themselves out of it. So for Anthony Defio, who is me, and everybody else at Behind the Store Curtain, you have a great weekend. And oh, I got to do the music. Wait a minute. Let me, let me start that over again. Let me start that over. Take two. So I talk to you on Monday. I'm hanging over with Brian and Shannon. You guys have a great weekend. You guys are awesome. And I enjoy all my shows. Talking to you guys. Take care. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.